Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Episode 10. Um, Mark is not here today. He's on vacation right now, so I'm going to be covering most of the topics today, and we're going to basically just focus on Fear of the Walking Dead and previewing. I'm uh, just going to kind of give my take on Season 7, upcoming of The Walking Dead, returning October, end of October uh, this year. So we'll get into that in a little bit later. Um, but right now what I want to do is just talk about the state of Fear the Walking Dead Season 2. It's, it's back on the air. We had Episode 8 um, this past Sunday titled Grotesque where it was a very, very Nick-centered, uh, focused episode. He was the only main character we've seen or we saw from the previous seasons on this episode. And it was a wild ride to say the least. It's probably the one of the best yet of this uh, short short season um, and previous season of uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Not up to the par of, I would say, The Walking Dead, but this is definitely a step in the right direction for um, uh, a show that's really trying to find its footing that is going to try to separate itself from The Walking Dead and be its own entity of the the zombie apocalypse it's really interesting to see how different and divisive the group is where when we were introduced into the walking dead for those who never read the comics uh, it took a long time to see the the initial group and families of the walking dead with rick uh carl um, shane um, daryl and the other groups to to really start to separate into their own but it seems like in Fear of the Walking Dead, we're getting a little bit more faster-paced type show where families are already divided pre-zombie apocalypse. It wasn't a happy ending, you know, when the season, uh, when the show first started in season one. And by the end of season one, it's really, really divided um, going onto the boat. And then in season two, the mid-season finale, it basically it was the, you know, the end of it of what we saw was the family where we saw Nick basically go out on his own and then Travis basically making a decision of between his, um, his son, his biological son or his new family that he made with Madison. And he chooses his biological son, Chris, and basically walks away from everything, which was interesting, you know, to say the least, and, you know, in the zombie apocalypse, I don't know how many people would be making that decision, but, the state that Chris was in, there's no way you could have brought him back into uh, the group and everything would have been fine. So I think in that case, um, Travis had to make that decision. And then Madison 
and her daughter Alicia and um, and Strand, Victor Strand, basically what's left of the, the crew that was leaving Celia's compound are heading off into their own direction. So it seems like these next couple episodes are going to take place kind of very center to how we saw in um, was it the beginning of season six, uh, the, the Walking Dead, where you get, uh, oh no, I'm sorry, season five, where you get in The Walking Dead, where at the end of the compound, when the governor's finally destroyed it, all the group is fragmented and walking in their own directions, and basically everybody meets up at Terminus, and it seems like we're going to get that kind of um, result maybe at the end of the season, uh, very similar how The Walking Dead is. So going into that, I mean, I don't know if I, I really want to see other type of episodes like this. We've already done this before, you know, with The Walking Dead in the comic books and in the show. So really, like, this is kind of a, a repeat. Now, what's different about this is that, you know, this is a group that's not as, as tough or as hardened as with a group that we saw in The Walking Dead. And I know there's going to be a lot of comparisons, or at least what I give from this show to, to The Walking Dead. But that's, that's the point, was that we're supposed to see it in a different lens. And so we've been so used to, at least I have, um, the viewpoint from Rick's side of it, you know, from The Walking Dead in the comic books and in the show, that it's really interesting to see, like, how I look at this show. A lot of people, you know, have their, their takes about it and so forth, but it taking place on the other side of the states, you know, between California and now we're in, in Mexico in the Tijuana area, it's still interesting to see how human beings... Are, there, there are different ways of survival. So Nick, early on, figures out that you know, figures that if you cover yourself in zombie blood, you're basically, um, you're basically in uh, not in the scent of the zombies. And we saw that with uh, in in The Walking Dead also. But it seems that in The Walking Dead, it's out of only necessity, like only you know, covering yourself in zombie blood to get yourself out of. Uh, Harry situations, which we've seen, you know, Rick do a couple times, but in this show, it seems that Nick has embraced it. He's embraced the dead, and it's very, you know, it's very symbolic, especially in the location that this show has taken place in, um, in Mexico, where they celebrate Day of the Dead, and it's the Mexican culture of, you know, celebrating, you know, you know, passing on, and it's not just a, a negative like that. Um, the Anglo-American side of it makes it seem to be so. Um, Nick is walking through the the masses of the zombies in, without any fear at all. And it's very different than any other character on Fear of the Walking Dead at this time period where, you know, it seems that everyone we're introduced to has some sort of fear of the dead where Nick has embraced it and wants to be a part of it and basically wants to, to find a place where there's no more monsters and stuff. Um, and so he's traveling and... We start off with him basically on his own, um, uh, meets up with a, a friend of his that he's, uh, I guess, acquainted during his time off, during that time that, you know, the, in the break, and then says that he's going to find his way to, to Tijuana to try to find some sort of life or civilization that he can uh, come into, uh, accustomed to. This episode, you know, kind of, focus on that that will to live that how much did, did Nick really want to live because we've already seen that he's embraced the dead and he's been so close to you know just saying you know be the end with be the end of it especially you know early on in season one being a, a drug addict that 
what we see is um, Nick's character is, is slowly but surely evolving. You know, first he had to get himself off of drugs, how to, you know, become independent once again and not always lean on other people. Then moving on, now he he embraced his new family, but then realizing that that family had, you know, had this separation between him and now he's on his own and he's really trying to find out who he is and really does he want to live in this world and we get that a couple times which is really interesting to see you know we don't really get a lot of episodes or a lot of of the talks of uh in the comic books with the walking dead about do you really want to live i think you know it's a question that should be asked you know um, especially on this type of show and so frank delane who plays nick i think did an excellent job of this i mean if we went forward and this was just a, you know, a Nick show, I think the ratings would stay fine. Um, he carries the show, and it was great to see the flashback episodes, and it's really under, you know, you're really starting to understand why Nick is the way he is and why he became a drug addict and why he kept going to rehab and, and just failing so often. And then you realize that his, his the root of all his problems stem from his father and the issues that he had while his father was alive, and then, you know, um, then we find out in a, in a later flashback that his father died suddenly in a car wreck, and he never got to say goodbye, and that's kind of haunted him, and that idea of death has really challenged Nick in, in the forefront, so um, ultimately, you know, this show is, is kind of grown on me, I wouldn't say it's, the, you know, the best show on TV, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't even put it in my top five, but it's definitely, you know, something, you know, to watch that that covers that time period till The Walking Dead returns. And slowly but surely, it's going to gain ground. I, I think once it, it evolves and it makes its own ID and, you know, and it makes its own unique footprint, I think that Fear of the Walking Dead should be fine. Um, what I think might end up being a problem, I know that Roger Kirkman, you know, does a lot of the, you know, writing for this. And, you know, um, he's kind of the leader of all this. But... It seems that, you know, there's some storylines that have been retreaded. I thought that originally when, you know, the show was was just on the boat, I thought that was a unique perspective of how people are surviving away from a zombie apocalypse, even though there's a zombie apocalypse going on. Um, So when the boat landed and we got into Mexico, it kind of started to take that walking dead approach where it's now... You don't have to fear the zombies. Now you fear man, you know, man itself. And that's really tough to follow, especially, you know, in the footprints of The Walking Dead where we've already seen enemies, you know, Shane on the show turned into that enemy, then the governor, and now we've, we've been introduced into uh, Negan, finally. It's about time, and we'll see how that plays out. So it's going to be real interesting to see how the fear of The Walking Dead is going to take that role of introducing um, bad guys. We got a small little clip of of a new style of people, you know, on the boats where you had the hijackers trying to claim boats and, you know, supplies and everything. And, yeah, that, to me, was misplaced. didn't really work too well for me. Um, it just seemed like more or less a, a way to, to bring conflict on a show that had gone two episodes, three episodes on a boat with not really a whole lot of conflict at all. Um, and then... We had the compound in Mexico and Celia hoarding all the, the dead, um, very similar to how Herschel did on The Walking Dead, except with a different approach, um, where Herschel was 
in, in the belief that these humans or zombies were still alive and that maybe one day we could save them, Celia embraced them that they were dead but didn't mean that they were supposed to die again, that, you know, the dead should be walking amongst us. Um, so as you, you could see the parallels starting to build up. This episode, though, grotesque with Nick, I thought took a step in the right direction. Um, it really was character driven. It was really focused on the, you know, the character of Nick and his will to survive by himself. Um, did it play a little bit off of how, you know, we saw uh, the, the group making their way to Terminus? A little bit. But there was other introductions to, um, to the character and to the show that we hadn't really seen before. You know, you had um, the crew uh, with the, the machine guns coming out and, you know, first we're introduced to them when they're going through the cars and um, looked like they were trying to see if there was any supplies left. And then ultimately they were, you know, just killing zombies for fun. Nick gets away from them. Then we're reintroduced to them again later, which was weird for me. I, I didn't think that was the the best way to, to take out, you know, a couple guys with machine guns is have them all run out of ammo at the same time while Nick's in the middle of the, you know, the zombie horde avoiding all the bullets that are being shot at. But, hey, you know, it is what it is, and, you know, you got to have a little, you know, excitement to the show. But that, to me, that scene, though, with Nick walking with the zombies was incredible. Um, you know, it, it really stepped up that, that game of really accepting, you know, the, the zombie horde to a new level we had seen it like i said in, in the walking dead with rick and you know doing it to survive to to get out of a hairy situation but nick chose to do it and you know the the great example was or the great quote in that uh in that episode you know at the end was nick talking to the doctor and basically say you know asking why in the world was he walking with those zombies and he said better in numbers that the numbers are always going to win out and it seems you know we've seen with seven seasons of the walking dead is that the zombies always went out no matter what and it's you know nick's already accepted that which is you know faster than any other character we've seen on both shows so far so um frank delane who plays nick clark did an amazing job i think that he's ultimately um the lead of the show the driving force of the show if they kill him off which i thought maybe that was going to happen um you know usually we get these character driven shows on uh, the Walking Dead, where we focus on one main character, and then at the end he eats it, you know, gets eaten alive or something. And I thought for sure that was going to be it. That basically, when he, you know, went with the the crew to back to their compound, that I thought that was it. Somehow, some way, he was going to walk into a trap, and that would be the end of it. But nope, he's still alive. He's found um, a new group of people living, you know, in isolation, trying to make, you know, make things work for them um so it's going to be interesting to see if they ever do bring nick back into the group with travis and madison and alicia and strand and ophelia but um you know i thought for sure with the minute this episode started we saw nick and it didn't deviate from nick for a while i thought for sure he was going to be the one who's uh be next you know on the chopping block but not you know he's I really think um, going b before watching this episode, I think that Chris is going to be the one. I think that basically um, Travis is going to try to save his son as much as possible, but it's just too much. The, the poor boy has gone through a whole lot of stress with the death of his mom and having to bury her at sea 
and then having to accept his new family and just all at one time during the zombie apocalypse. I don't think he's ever going to come back from it. And you will see that he'll probably be the one that's going to be the next on the chopping block. So uh, let us know what you thought about um, Episode 8, Grotesque of Fear the Walking Dead. Episode 9, which uh, premieres this Sunday, uh, Los Muertos. It looks like we're, we're going to the next group of Madison and Strand with Alicia and Ophelia and see how they're um, moving forward. And we'll see, you know, how that will relate to Nick or to Travis and see if we see the group get back together. Um, so, uh, grotesque-wise, uh, episode 8, probably my favorite so far of this show, Fear the Walking Dead. Um, you know, if not a close second to, I think, the second or third episode it was in season 1 where... It was really kind of the, the beginning of the end of the zombie apocalypse. So that's what I, I think about, you know, Fear the Walking Dead, Episode 8. Um, now kind of moving in the next direction to The Walking Dead, which comes back to us October, end of October. Um, highly anticipated. We get the returnish, if you want to call it, but, you know, the finishing of the opening scene with, the biggest, baddest, meanest guy on the Walking Dead universe, Negan. Um, for those of you who haven't kept up with the comics or you know don't want don't don't want to spoil too much for you, you might want to turn it off now. Um, come back a little bit later after you've seen the Walking Dead or caught up on the comic books. But you know, getting a little bit into it um, for those who have you guys know uh, who have read the comics or at least know what's coming up is that you guys know that Negan is the bad guy that we've kind of built up over 100 comics. And, you know, if, if you ever want to start off with the Negan um, uh, character story uh, in the comics, you're going to have to start off with comic number 100. And it deals with the untimely death of spoiler Glenn, um, where he, you know, Negan surrounds the caravan in the middle of the night gathers up Rick and his crew and basically, you know, just like in what we've seen so far on the show is pick one person out to, to kind of set the example of I'm the baddest man in charge. I'm the baddest MF. And that's what Negan is. Basically, he's kind of, you know, not embraced the zombie apocalypse, but he's embraced that idea of survival of the fittest and that he's going to survive no matter what. And he's going to make sure that no one stands in his way, no matter how big or bad they are. Um, so the big, big storyline going into episode one of season seven is who will Negan kill? And there's been so many different speculations out there, whether it was uh, true to the story and it'd be Glenn or Abraham, Daryl, Michonne, so forth. And then if you are a big Walking Dead fan and you want to, you know, and you don't mind spoilers. Some of you guys may have gone on to the spoilers that are out there where people are staking out and watching, you know, scenes being played out while they're filming and notice that there's certain characters and they're already filming episode four, episode five. So they've kind of married it out. So um, the, the, the theories, all this kind of stuff, I don't know. I mean, there's a, a lot of people that have, you know, proclaim that it's going to be Glenn, you know, or it's going to be Abraham, or it's going to be Daryl, and so forth, you know, they've let out um, a little couple ideas of who 
you know, who's up next and so forth. But, you know, you have a choice of, um, of about, what is it, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 people, okay, that Negan could kill. Could kill all 11, you know, it's not going to happen. Um, the person that you, there's probably two people that you got to assume are safe, all right, and that's probably Rick and Carl, although earlier on, you know, at the end of season six, I thought the way that Robert Kirkman was talking and how some of the characters are talking before started, before they were starting to shoot season seven, I thought that maybe this would be the end of Rick, because Kirkman always is, is delved into is that this story was the story of Carl, and not really Rick, and so that this story would only continue on as long as Carl was alive, and that once Carl was dead, that would be the end of that story and the end of The Walking Dead. So I thought maybe, you know, you can't have this show go on forever and it can't go on, you know, I'm, I'm assuming probably 10 seasons, 11 seasons of The Walking Dead and that's where we're going to cut off at. Um, I don't even think that they'll catch up with the comic books. Um, who knows? I mean, it's all at Robert Kirkman and the cast and they can keep them, you know, it's the number one show, it makes a ton of money. The, the fan base is humongous, so we'll see. But, I mean, we've also seen other shows at the top of its game walk out. So um, I thought this was an opportune time to say goodbye to Rick in his own fashion and let the group kind of re, you know, regroup and fight back from this. But it doesn't look like that. Um, some of the reports have already you know confirmed or some confirmation that Rick is still alive, Carl's still alive, and um, Michonne is still alive. I know that a lot of people are thinking – now that Rick and Michonne were an item that's not in the comic books, but in the show, that um, that was going to be basically her goodbye. So there's, I would assume, three people so that are up for the kill. And it might be one, it might be two, it might be three. There's some reports out there that are saying Negan kills two people, and that's going to be the, the, the wow factor, the shock factor of coming back from... Uh, into season seven because there was so many people upset in, including including me I felt that it was kind of a letdown I wasn't as outraged as majority of people on uh, on the web about the end the final finale of season six but you you can't leave something like that that's so iconic in the comic books off as a cliffhanger without some type of big payoff of it so um, the three that I would say are up for grabs definitely Glenn Definitely Daryl and definitely Abraham. Um, and Glenn and Daryl, uh, or Glenn and Abraham at this time by episode or by comic 100 are both dead. So I think it's safe to assume that both of those are going to die. Daryl, though, who's not a fix in the comic book, a character in the comic book, is his own entity. Um, you know, there's been outrage before where that if Daryl dies, people will walk away from the show and everything. And it could be that. I mean, it could, we could be getting that big of an impact. We've already seen a couple little promos from the, um, from, uh, season seven. And we've seen that one of Negan's crew, you know, already's wearing, um, Daryl's jacket and he's already riding the motorcycle. So who could it be? You know, um, there's all these little speculations. Um, and people have seen a lot of the characters at, you know, different conventions, hair's different, style's different, you know, um, weight, everything has been different. So who knows who, who's actually going to 
you know, get killed by Lucille, Negan's bat. Um, so going into season seven, I'm putting, if I have to put money on it, if you told me I had to put down $100 bills, I'm going to put down money on Glenn just because they're going to follow suit of the comic book. Um, and if you've never seen read that comic book, you got to. It's artwork, everything, and just the the writing style of it. It's amazing. Um, and then Abraham, and then I think probably you'll see the end of Daryl. Now, who knows? I could be wrong, but I don't see any other character having such an impact on the story that it would have had to wait till the to premiere in season season seven. You know, if you're going to keep Rick alive, you're going to keep Carl alive, then you got to kill somebody or people at the beginning of the season premiere to have people say, okay, it was definitely worth the four or five months I had to wait to see the season premiere of season seven. Um, so, you know, let us know what you think. You know, there's so many theories and so, you know, we're getting closer and closer. We're probably going to figure it out before it ends. Um, I do know that they did actually film to keep the spoilers uh, free on the internet that they actually did film the death scene of every single character including Rick so it is possible that Rick you know or um, one of the other major characters you weren't expecting will die but um, because it's on film so Robert Kirkman could change his mind you know could have changed his mind before filming and everything and then having you know say Andrew, Andrew Lincoln who plays Rick come in and just act like he's filming for the show but um if you wanted the wow factor of wow factors, either killing Rick or Daryl is going to get that. Uh, Glenn, I think just for the story arc, because Maggie's starting to grow as a leader. If you've read the comics, you know, Maggie becomes one of the leaders of the other civilizations that we'll be uh, introduced to um, later on. And that just helps strengthen her as, as a person. Abraham, we've already seen in the comic books go way by the wayside. So probably going to see him go if, soon if not sooner um the other tidbit about season seven is now we'll get be introduced to ezekiel who's the leader of the kingdom and this is a new group of civilization we got a kind of a glimpse of it right at the end um, of season six and ezekiel is one of the baddest people you'll be introduced to uh if you've read the comics you know that it's you know it's definitely uh, a strong character um i'm excited to see see it going on um and see the kingdom and rick's uh group at alexandria kind of merge together and create the alliance because then once we get that alliance then we get all-out war which is you know rick leading the masses against negan's clan and that may be where we see the end of the show that um because that seemed like that was the end story arc of the last major story that we got in the comic books before we were introduced into the whispers and so forth. Um, so it could be one big build up into it. So um, what do you guys think? You know, who's on the chopping block? Who's going to be the one that's going to die? We're getting closer and closer. We're just about a month away from the premiere of season seven. Probably the most anticipated season premiere yet of The Walking Dead or any show. Um, I've been seeing it or seeing people talk about a season premiere this much um, since probably Breaking Bad, season five of Breaking Bad, going into the final season. Um, so let us know what you think. Uh, next week, uh, Mark's going to return. We'll catch you guys up on all the news and uh, notes of the TV world. And then 
um, give you guys a little bit more info going into the fall series. We're getting closer and closer. Right at the beginning of September is where we're going to see uh, some of the shows making their way back on the CW and also ABC and, and everything. So we'll definitely keep you guys covered, uh, you know, covered on all those topics and everything like that. So check us out on lrmonline.com. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, LRM TV podcast. Subscribe to the Los Fanboys podcast, which is uh, Joseph Medina, Kelvin Chavez, and Mario Robles. They talk about everything from movies, TV, comics, anything in the major news that deals with the comic genre. It's a great podcast to listen to. Uh, they get in- interviews with some of the, you know, um, stuntmen, actors, insiders, so you kind of get a little bit more details of what it takes to make these movies or, you know, things that you may not have heard of, you know, dealing with, you know, these popular movies that are coming out. On Mondays, make sure you check out on our website, Comic Uno's Weekly Roundup, where Comic Uno kind of gives her take on the week of what's the, you know, good to pick up, what she's read, what you need to get involved in, um, TV-wise, what she's watching, and if she does see a movie that week, she gives you her opinion on it. Um, and then last but not least, we got The Weekend Warrior with Edward by Edward Douglas. Um, he is uh, phenomenal. He gives you a breakdown of all the movies coming out for the week, popular and indie movies. Um, and he also posts exclusive interviews on LRM Online to about some of the best uh, actors that are out there right now in the comic book world and also just in the movie world. So make sure you check out his weekly uh, editorial. So that's it for me. Uh, Like I said, Mark will be back next week, and we'll get all the news for you. um, And make sure you check us out. Thanks for listening. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.